Hey, this is Matt Rosenberg, and you're listening to The Night Nerd. Welcome to The Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. It's Wednesday, so we're going to talk some comic books. All week we've been talking about buying and selling and trading and stuff. I'm moving pretty soon, and uh, yeah, it's kind of daunting. You know, I've known it for a while, but talking about it out loud, sharing it with all of y'all, definitely adds a realism to it, um, an urgency, even though, like I said, we still have a few months and things. I'm not too worried, but just when you talk about something, you talk about it out loud, it makes it real, you know, and that's, I don't know, it's kind of crazy, but... One thing that I'm definitely going to have move with me is all my comics. I'm hoping the new house have a pretty cool setup. I mean, even cooler than the one we got now. But comics are an interesting thing, you know. They are bought and sold. That's their whole thing. They're collected. I'm a collector. I'm not a reseller. But a lot of people are resellers. So they will sell their comic collection. So first, I wanted to look at some of the most expensive comics ever bought or sold and then we'll look at a few other things after that so this list uh there's a couple of different lists like i found one list that broke it down where it was number one number two number five number seven number nine were all action comics and like the rest were pretty much all detective comics with an amazing fantasy thrown in there and you know, that's all well and good, but I wanted some diversity. I wanted to look at some other ones. So these are some of the most expensive. Uh, you know, there are issues. We are going to talk about Action Comics number one. Um, and there are issues of Action Comics that have sold more than some of these other ones. But, you know, I think it's just uh, we want to see kind of a range. You know, that's something important when you're buying and selling on on both ends. You know, yes, it's important to see okay, I'm going to look at, I'm going to buy a copy of Action Comics number one. Yes, you need to look at what all of them are going for and the condition and stuff like that. Uh, But also, if you're like, you know, I'm going to buy some key, oh, and I hate saying that word because that's like one of the new terms now, Uh, an important issue, like a first appearance or something. And then, you know, you want to look at, like, take the Avengers. Okay, let's see what Captain America Iron Man and the Hulk and Thor. Let's see what their first appearances are going for. And it kind of gives you a, a range, you know, so they're both important. Um, speaking of first appearances, showcase number four, which is the Silver Age Flash, first appearance of Barry Allen. Now, this comic is real important, not only because it's the first appearance of Barry Allen, but most people say that this is the comic that started the Silver Age. You know, you had your legacy character going from Jay Garrick, the JSA Flash, to Barry Allen, the Silver Age Flash. And showcase number four goes for about $180,000. Yeah, $180,000. But, again, real, real important issue. So it's something to think about. Another... First appearance, and this is of the Ultra Humanite. I actually looked this book up the other day because we were watching Justice League, and I realized, I was like, I don't know a whole lot about the Ultra Humanite. Well, sidebar, 
Ultra Humanite was actually like a Professor X looking guy. I mean, this was before Professor X, obviously. He was in a wheelchair and he had mental powers and everything. And later on, he would get his mind in a giant gorilla body. But Action Comics number 13, Superman's first fight with Ultra Humanite, recently sold for $185,000. So that's pretty, pretty substantial there. You know, talking about buying houses. Where I live, you can buy a nice house for $185,000. Um, All-American Comics number 16. This was the first appearance of Alan Scott, the Golden Age Green Lantern. One of the most popular and enduring characters, not just Alan Scott, but Green Lanterns as a whole. And this sold for $203,000. Absolutely crazy. Um, and then sometimes you get just some weird comics, like Action Comics number 10. Uh, there's a story about Superman going to prison, but it doesn't really have anybody else in it. And it sold for two hundred and almost $260,000. It's crazy. Speaking of the Avengers, we talked about the Avengers a second ago. Avengers number one. You're looking at $274,000. It's crazy. Wiz Comics number two, the first appearance of Shazam, Captain Marvel. I mean, he's technically Shazam now, but at this point he was Captain Marvel. And what's interesting is there's not really a Wiz Comics number one. Number one was for promotional use only. So the first one that actually went to the public was number two, but I don't know. Uh, back in 2012... It sold for $281,000. And I'm sure now with the success of the movie and everything, you would see it go up from there. Fantastic Four number one, which is the book that kicked off the Marvel Age, $300,000. It's crazy. Um, Incredible Hulk number one, first appearance of the Hulk, $326,000. Captain America Comics number one, you know, that iconic picture of cap on the front punching hitler in the face yeah three hundred and forty three thousand dollars so uh and tells the suspense number 39 first appearance of iron man three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars so right there you know you can kind of look okay we have our avengers here and your average price there is going to be about three hundred fifty thousand dollars for one in um solid condition Marvel Comics, number one. You know, when they were Timely Comics and Marvel Comics, this is where you get the original Human Torch and Submariner is 350000 Yeah. Flash Comics, number one. Uh, this, for a long time, was one of the highest-selling comics, most expensive comics. It went for $450,000. Our X-Men, X-Men, number one, 492000 Batman, number one. 567,000. I mean, it's just insane. Detective Comics number 27. That's the first appearance of Batman. Just over a million dollars. Amazing Fantasy number 15, first appearance of Spider-Man, 1.1 million. And of course, the Holy Grail, a CGC 9.0 Action Comics number 1 back in 2014 sold for 3.2 million dollars think about that 3.2 million now if you drop it down to an 8.5 it's like half the price it's 1.5 million but 3.2 million dollars i i'll never have that kind of money to spend on a comic and even if i did i i don't know that i would but 
part of that, you know, is because of that CGC grading. And if you listen to the show, you know, I'm not a fan of CGC grading. I'm not a fan of reselling comics. You know, like if a store does it or something, okay, um, as long as they're doing it right. You know, they're giving both parties a fair deal and they're still making money on it. I, I guess that's okay because that's the only way you're going to get some of these older comics. But to me, comics are meant to be enjoyed. You know, I have a Daredevil number, um, I think number 12, autographed by Stan Lee. It's not CGC. I'm okay with it not being CGC because it's cool. It, I want to look at it. I want to see it. You know, I don't want it trapped in this plastic case where people can enjoy it. Now, am I going to, you know, pull it out and read it every day? No, I'm not going to do that. But it is, you know, something nice to have, something cool. My New Frontiers, autographed by Darwin Cooks, those are the prize of my collection. I Anybody that wants to see them, I'll let them see them. It's totally cool. With the thing about reselling is you're taking the art out of it. You know, let's say... And in modern times, this wasn't true back then, but, uh, you know, right now, usually on a book, you have a cover artist, a writer, and an interior artist. Now, sometimes your interior artist is your cover artist, and back in the day, they were almost always your cover artist. But, and maybe it's because I'm a writer, I don't know, but when it's slabbed like that, that's what they call, that's what you call CGC, that's the cool phrase for it, you're cutting out all the work that the writer and the interior artist did. You're just looking at the cover. At that point, buy a poster, you know? W what good is it? And now I'm not saying if you have a copy of Action Comics number one, yeah, you know, again, you're not gonna take it down every day and read it, but to look through it from time to time and to appreciate it and, you know, for what it is, I think is more important than having it hanging up on the wall. Um, and a lot of those people, a lot of collections I've seen that are CGC'd, they don't even display them like they're locked in a box somewhere. So at that point, you're taking out the entire creative team. And that's not what comics is about, you know. It's about creativity, about storytelling, art, sharing, uh, stories, all this stuff. And when you CGC it, and especially locking it away, you're taking all that away from it. And it's not a comic anymore. It's just a piece of paper with some pretty pictures that you may or may not get to see. And that breaks my heart. So, I, I don't know. If you have a counter-argument, though, to CGC, please let me know. Drop me a comment here on SoundCloud or on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Just look for The Night Nerd. We're out there and everywhere and love to talk to you. Email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. I would gladly entertain, especially if you work with CGC. I'd love to hear what you have to say. And for you to defend your case. But, you know, I understand collecting and collectors and things. But I feel like it's a different mentality. I don't know. But I'm going to step off my soapbox. Because that's going to do it for us today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you all so much for listening. And we will see you next time. A bright future in sales, yeah, yeah. A bright future in sales, yeah, yeah.